Once upon a drizzling Madagascar night, a small insect awoke, focusing his sight. While nestled safe in his place of bamboo peace, a sound disturbed him and would not cease. All of a sudden there came a knock at the door. Who could it be at this hour of snores? "'Tis some visitor," he said as he tucked back in. "'You'd better stop this rude evening din." Just then, through a hole, came a serpentine digit. It grabbed up the bug without a fidget. The I.I. without even being offered tea ate well in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie, 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 Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us. No, not follow us. I mean, I, I've, I've got just the... The yips. That is a, that is a well-worn path in my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. To check out Johanna's artwork, you can uh, join us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. Visit us. That's what I'm saying. And a very special thank you to our patrons, to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a primate with its finger on the pulse of the forest, but more on that later. Yeah, a prime ape. A prime ape. A continuously angry Pokemon. <laughs> but yeah, I wrote a poem for this one. You wrote a poem for prime ape? <laughs> for for, for, the for intro? this particular animal. It's been yeah. a while since we've had a had a promo. Or a promo. I think the kids like the poems. Man, I there are, there are, we have a lot of kids books obviously at home and the be- the best ones are the ones that are like a poem. They rhyme, and mm-hmm. there are so few of them that do it and do it well. Like it's not that hard to write something that rhymes and has like metered, uh, like stanzas or or whatever. But when it doesn't rhyme, it's just so hard to read <laughs> to a kid. Yeah, well, it's hard to write a poem. Or, I mean, it takes longer, at least. Um, sure, so yeah, I, but... If you're th- trying to churn out some kids' books... There's only, like, 40 words in this book. <laughs> Just put them together in a poem. It can't be that hard. It's Some of these books are, are... There's so little, like, thought and writing going into them. I can't believe that the writer put their name on it. It's this. It's all just illustrations, like the illustrations are great, but someone like it just says going to bed, and then flip open the giant page, grabbing my blankie, flip open the giant page, tucking my teddy in. Like who? <laughs> you, you're putting yourself down as the writer for this one. Goodness gracious. <laughs> anyway, I think hmm, I'm not sure. I think R.C. Sproul has rhyming kids books, but I'm not sure. 
like re- reading the little engine that could which is a classic kids book is painful considering how it doesn't rhyme there's no it doesn't flow and it repeats itself a lot uh, and there are a lot of words the pokey per page. little puppy does that uh i haven't rhyme? i haven't um read that one but something like the pout pout fish oh that one's great it flows really well there aren't a lot of words per page and uh it all rhymes mm. I, I i gravitate towards those books because i can m- memorize them also i've read them, i've read them at this point probably a thousand times because i read them <laughs> to the kids every night for the last like three years so it's almost a thousand times um so i have them memorized and it just the, and the, the, the little blue truck. Anyway, we have gone off on a serious tangent. <laughs> but what we what are, are talking, talking about, about is the I, 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 I. Oh, man. I didn't think about uh, Crazy Train. <laughs> I didn't think about <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. I probably could have thought of some sort of nickname having to do with that. But um, it's also known as the Long-Fingered Lamer. Um. That's just another name that it has. But we're going to call it here. Mr. Spindlemitz and uh, Davy Jones. Because it's a bad omen. Marks people for death. People say aye aye around it. And uh, it's ugly. <laughs> so lots lots of connections between this thing and Davy Jones. Not to, Not to mention the giant octopus that's on this thing's head. Yeah, right. Just kidding. Um, would you like a science? Sure. You're supposed to say I, I. Ah. It's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in. The kingdom is Animalia. Phylum is Chordata. The class is Mammalia. It's a mammal. The order is Primates. Primates. I, ca- I keep wanting to say Primate. <laughs> So used to saying that. <laughs> this is a Pokemon. No, primate. Uh, the suborder is Strepsirhono. Strepsirhono. Uh, the family is Dalbentonidae. The genus is Dalbentonia. And the species is Madagascarensis. Bet you can't guess where that comes from. China. You got it. <laughs> uh, so, is there some sort of game to be played? Sure. So, the binomial nomenclature is Dalmentonia Madagascarensis, and it's time that brings me us to. Since we're in the business of, oh man, I we do have the ifs. Since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show: critter groups, which is the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same. Every time, what is the name of a group of this animal, or what is the term of venery, or what is the collective noun? It's been a little while since we've done this because we've done a lot of like like animals in groups we've done a lot of, like sharks and frogs and stuff like that. So I haven't, haven't been able to do critter groups, but we're back. If you saw a group of eye eyes, which as we'll mention, is probably pretty rare, would you call it A, a troop of eye eyes? B, an arbor of eye eyes. C, a huddle of eye eyes. Or D, a hollow of eye eyes. A hollow of eye eyes is is like, it sounds fun. I, I, I. 
I'm going to go with an Ahalo. Mahalo. Mahalo. What's that from? It's a Hawaiian word. Mahalo. Oh, yeah. Is that welcome? I think it's from... Mahalo? I think I remember. Uh, gratitude. Thank you. Uh, is that your final answer? That is my final answer. That is incorrect. The answer was troop. Like monkeys. Oh, yeah. A troop of monkeys. A hollow of eye eyes sounds intimidating. Sounds like I'm about to be A little eaten. leaping lemur who wanted to dance and play. stare at you in the dark. <laughs> wanted to curse your <laughs> soul. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is not that uh, far off of the folklore behind it. Yeah, and we will get into that. But let's first talk about what this guy looks like. Uh, if you you probably have seen a picture of an eye eye before, um, it's pretty meme worthy. Uh, if that's the, w- the proper way to use that, um, it looks like a crack addled mouse bat. <laughs> Um, it's a, it's a lemur. So it has the, that general like pseudo monkey looking, uh, lemur shape. Uh, it has long tail and very lanky legs. Um, but one of its most distinguishing features is, uh, it's long and bony fingers and toes make it look like the evil mom's hands from Coraline. Have you seen Coraline? No. All right. Well, the evil mom has uh, big bony hands. Uh, not really a spoiler alert Um, it's mousy face is rimmed with two large round ears that make it look like a certain mouse that's managed to systematically murder every franchise I've ever come to love Um, it's eyes are large yellow and wide open like a demon that's been startled Uh, and it's body is covered in coarse wiry brown silver and black fur so it definitely definitely Looks like something that would carry a village's children off at night, which is ripe for folk superstition, which we will see is the truth in a bit. But I'd say it's a pretty average sized lemur, but I'll let you tell me how average sized it is. Okay. Welcome to the Blood Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions uh, in relatable terms, through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week. Poo. So I'm thinking we allow the II itself to. Uh, to introduce the measure up segment, uh, if that is, if I can find, uh, it's cry, but it's hard because there's a lot of songs and things that say, I, (laughs) and I will always poke you. Okay, without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show.
It's referred to as an EP. Oh my gosh. It's one of those videos where it's like, do you want to hear it sound? Well, you're going to have to hear it talking before and after forever. <laughs> forever, never, amen. Big chirp. It sounded like a, a little animal sound. Big echoey chirp. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk length. They're 36 to 43 centimeters or 14 to 17 inches. How many longhorn beetle larvae go into the length of the eye? Here's a hint. Hmm. The longhorn beetle is a black and yellow beetle of Madagascar, and its larva is a favorite food of the eye. It gets its name from its antenna, which can be longer than it, than its uh, total body length. I'm going to say this is an inch. So 17. 17? Yeah. Final answer? Mm-hmm. Well, the correct answer is 1.9 larva. The larva Whoa. is between an uh, 0.5 to 22 centimeters. So there's a lot of variation, but the, on the upper end, it's... 8.6 centimeters long. Uh, I mean, eight eight point six inches long. Inches. That, so it's a... That's a, that's a big... What? An eight-inch long larva? How big is this it beetle? Must be, it must be like a worm-like thing. And lose a lot of its mass or just curl up or something? Because it can't... There's no obviously no beetle that's eight inches long. It, uh, that it really did surprise me. I read it, like read. I checked the size. Like, I tried to find a picture of the larva. I could only find a picture of the beetle. Um, but yeah, maybe twenty-two is the upper upper end. Um, wow, you would have been closer. That's a big baby. Zero point five centimeters, the lower end. Uh, let's talk about width. Two kilograms or four pounds. I mean, so weight. four pound. Yeah, wait. Why did I write with? Because it starts with they a do W, and there's it's a, an it's a yips I. episode. Uh, they're they're four pounds. They're like a little baby, they're like a newborn, like a, a preemie, mo- pretty small newborn. Yeah. Um, how many eye eyes would go? Would would a fossa have to eat to eat its weight in eye eyes? So you've seen the movie Madagascar, right? Yeah. And yet you still call it a fossa? Yeah. You're, what is it, a fossa? You're like... I don't have a Madagascar accent. You're like Lando that she keeps calling him Han Solo. <laughs> Looks, it's not his name. It's... <laughs> the Fusa. It's not Fusa. I don't care who you are. It's an O. It's not a U. What are you saying it is? What? The animal? Fossa? Fossa? Fossa. 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 We're both wrong. (laughs) F-O-W-S-U-H. Fossa. Fossa makes the most sense because it's spelled the same as like fossil. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean... One O can make the O sound like who? Anyway, I I learned that like that. Uh, the like book 
And like those kinds of words used to be pronounced differently, but they've changed over time. Is that why all my hymns so like don't bulk. make sense? It was like, yeah. <laughs> Is that why like, it was like, oh, the, the sky up. Uh, uh, wait, the. No, yeah. Or he brings me to move by the power of his Louvre. <laughs> Is that how they used to say it? Or maybe they said muv. I need to muv into yeah, my parents' not. house. Dare you to muv. I dare you to muv. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here's a hint. Four pounds. The fossa is the eye-eyes only natural predator. It looks like a cat, but it's not in the Felidae family. Instead, it's in the fa- it's in a family of only ten living species that are exclusive to Madagascar. Madagascar is a taxonomic nightmare. It's just. Everything there is its own thing. That's because it's a small island that that hasn't like figured out that marsupial isn't the best thing to be. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an island that's big enough to have a lot of biodiversity on it, and it's also near the equator, so it's great for biodiversity. Wait, are there marsupials there? No, I'm thinking of Tasmania. Yeah, Tasmania has marsupials on it, right? Yeah, Madagascar is lemur town. Everything there is a lemur. Yeah, I, islands are just ripe for ripe for weird animals, like mm-hmm. Japan and Madagascar and Australia and Sumatra. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say those things weigh about 30 pounds. Like a medium, like a small, medium to small sized dog. Um, 30 divided by four. I should be able to do that in my head. Seven and a half. 7.5 IIs. Go into. Final answer. The FAUSA. Dr. F- final. Dr. Fausa. <laughs> uh, final answer? Uh, yes. The correct answer is 5.2. Mm, I don't think that's a the f- nursing school victory. The FOSA is 9.5 no. kilograms or 21 pounds. I almost said 20, but... Nope. I've said it. it what is that? Is that a Maine Coon? Is that how big? Can a Maine Coon get that big? I don't know because I don't have one. I have one dog that's like 15 pounds and then I have another dog that's 50. So that was how I based. uh, And then I remembered what the Fusa looked like or its size in comparison to the other animals in Madagascar, the movie. And that's, that was the basis for my analysis. The Fosa. Fosa. Fausa is uh is like a little bit bigger, a couple more pounds than a mancoon, a male adult male mancoon. But that's all I got for that. Do you have any fast facts before we get into the th- long fact? Well, yeah, long and spindly one. This one's not a thick fact. Um, so the as you can probably gather. From everything that we've said so far, the I.I. lives in a Madagascar, uh, a 
long island off of the eastern coast of Africa, mm-hmm. southeastern coast. And uh, it lives in rainforests and spends almost all of its life at the tops of the canopies of the trees. Um, it loves seeds and nuts and fruit and nectar and fungi and even honey, but its main course honey. is insects. Honey. Yeah. It likes, it, it likes honey. things that are slimy but satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is insectivorous. Uh, they live there. They so they they nest up in the trees, and they mate and eat and everything. They do come down to the ground occasionally, but they spend most of their lives in trees, like a lot of lemurs, eating nuts off trees. Yep, and um, they sleep during the day and spend eighty percent of the night foraging for food. Um. They are solitary, and they only really get together to mate. Um, and then while they're on their own, their territories can be as much as 20 acres. It's a big territory, uh, which they delineate by rubbing scent from their cheeks and necks on the trees around the area, which must take forever. Um, and it would be pretty much impossible to... Uh, Effectively defend as a little lemur, but at least you're not a sloth because then it would take even longer and be even harder to defend. Uh, the Malagasy people that are native to Mal- Madagascar, uh, they actually see these guys as bad omens and harbingers of evil and death. And uh, so the I.I. is killed on sight if, if, they, uh, if they run across one. Uh, and then they will hang its body in order to ward off the evil spirits. Uh, they also believe that whoever an I.I. points to with its spindly fingers uh, is marked for death. That's why I mentioned the Davy Jones thing, the black spot and all that stuff. Um, some also believe that the I.I. sneaks into homes and punctures people's aorta artery to kill them. So... You, I mean, you look at this thing, and, and it definitely looks like a malevolent spirit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it really just lends itself to folklore and superstition. Unfortunately, it's leading to a, a kill-on-sight order for an endangered species. Which doesn't make sense to me. I'm thinking, like, if you think something's an, like a evil spirit of the forest, I don't want to go near it. I definitely don't want to kill it. Then the forest will be mad at me. I don't think that they don't think that it is a an evil spirit of the forest. They think it is a harbinger for evil. So it's like a like a black cat. So you're gonna kill the messenger of evil? Yeah, if it can't if it can't see you and it's not alive around you, it can't bring the evil to you, right? I don't know. <laughs> what what are we applying logic to this? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's folk superstition. Uh, I have no, I have no idea what goes through their heads. The the same, it's the same concept. That's like, hey, if you say something that you want, you need to knock on wood so that you quiet the wood demons uh, that yeah. would otherwise go off and uh, interfere with your plans. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> or it's like how if you eat anything in China, it's an aphrodisiac. Just pick up any critter off the ground. It's an aphrodisiac, and you also gain its power. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like, hey, that was a delicious cockroach I <laughs> I ate. Would you like to uh, consummate this relationship? And also, I am invincible. <laughs> I, also, let's I can live without my head. Let's into something more comfortable. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and also, your pheromones are just going crazy right now. <laughs> um, and that's all I got. Okie dokie. Well, let's talk about the major fact, which I'm calling finger on the pulse. Um, I eyes have an enormous middle finger. That's different from the, all the other fingers. Uh, the third finger on both of their hands is long and thinner than other digits. Not only is it shaped differently, it is also more flexible. It has a ball and socket met, metacarpophalangeal joint which is the joint to the top of your palms that makes the meat of your knuckle sandwiches hmm and i was thinking like don't aren't these ball and joints but like a uh stick and poke what are they? ball and socket ball and socket joints but like on human hands but i guess they're not like your hip. They just have some like side to side flexibility. Like your hip is the ball and joint. Yeah, but like if you you can manipulate your middle finger to like go side to side and up and down. But it's apparently a hinge joint. I you're you're I the the amount of degrees that your hip can go versus your finger is pretty significant, I think. True. But your thumb is a uh, ball and socket, right? You are asking the wrong guy. I, <laughs> but yeah, your hip and your shoulder are uh, ball and socket joints. Although um, I was, and just, they can move. I was just at the doctor circularly. and I did see a, a diagram of a skeleton, and I was looking at it for a little while while I waited for the doctor to come in. So I should be an expert You're at this. An expert, yeah. But I'm sorry to say that, uh, like most things that don't have to do with Star Wars, uh, that information just completely ached out of my brain. Um, but yeah, so hinge joints can only bend, uh, bend and straighten while shoulder, uh, and hip joints, which are ball and sockets can move circularly. So it's this really flexible digit, um, with almost no muscle on it. So it's super thin, uh, and it's used in several ways. Uh, most notably it's used in hunting and foraging. IIs are the only primate known to use echolocation, and they use uh, a particular kind of echolocation called percussive foraging. Um, hmm. So they use their fingers to tap on a tree branch uh, and bamboo, like, uh, and they're, they're listening for an echo that indicates that there's a hollow area where bugs might be. Uh, Huddling together for warmth. Oh, so like looking for studs. Yeah. With this like long, thin, tapping instrument, drumstick. Um, and when they use... Then they use their forward-facing incisors to cut a hole in the bark through which they insert their slender digit. And when they reach a grub, they will use a hook claw to pull it out and die in like Simba. Um... They may also use their fourth finger, uh, which is which is also really long, but it has more muscle on it. Uh, it's more like a traditional finger f for them. 
um, sometimes they'll use that to like reach in and pull out the grubs. Uh, but if it's too thin, then they'll use the thin one. Uh, I was l- listening to some video. They were like, oh, they just tap with the thin finger and then they reach in and pull out with the middle regular big finger, which I don't think is true because I've, I've seen go, go watch any video of these guys and they're using this nasty little sickly thin finger to reach into the little holes. It's like they so, have an, they have an Allen wrench set on their hands. Yes. And they're just like, Oh, this one's too big. Go for the smaller one. Yeah. You got the right tool for the job. So that is unfortunately not the only kind of opening that they like to pull tasty snacks out of. Oh, oh I don't like where this is going. Eye <laughs> eyes are pickers, but they are not flickers. Uh, they will use their long and skinny fingers to reach into their nostril and pull out fresh nostril fruit to eat. I, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it could have been worse. There's a lot of orifices you could pull things out of, and so that's yeah, probably the best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like grubs, the best one is probably an orifice in a stick where there are grubs in. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, of your own. No, I, I know the best orifice to reach and pull stuff out of. A Pringles can. Yeah. That's the best. Or like, or, uh, um, <laughs> I wouldn't call it an orifice. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say like the icebreaker side that says like to share or not to share. <laughs> like That's, that's a pretty good thing to pull some things out of. But still, again, yeah, orifice is just not the word I would use for for those tasty treats. Or those uh, tiny M&M tubes. Mm-hmm. So I don't, wait, 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 our, wait. You pull things out of the, uh, the tiny no, M&M tubes? it's too small. No, you drink that. <laughs> <laughs> you drink it. Yeah. You drink uh, that like a normal person. Um... <laughs> Uh, according to our friends at the BBC Discover Wild Discover Wildlife magazine, I call them our friends because they once wrote an article about good nature podcasts, and we were on it. And that makes us in personal it. friends with the BBC. We're personal friends with Mister BBC with Mister BBC, Mister Bartholomew Big British Charles. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> or British Bartholomew Charles? Maybe that works. No, Big British Charles. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Bartholomew quotes British. Yeah, Charles. yeah, yeah. But people that's just, his that's his uh, nickname. Most people just call him Choo Choo Charles. <laughs> According to our friends at the BBC, their fingers can reach all the way through the, to their throats through their nostril. Oh. Even even if you can, you shouldn't. That sounds really painful. <laughs> what but like once you get there you're like reaching so do, there's no boogers back so there. why would you even pull why don't you just push why would you pull and then eat <laughs> you push, push the whole thing back into your throat that's true maybe that's what they do i'm like getting mucus in my throat just thinking about this <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole, I, I almost did a deep dive into like why people do that. Why does any animal do that? 
What's the what's the uh, drive to do that? Because sometimes kids, like before anyone can teach them, will just do that. But I guess kids will eat anything. Well, I mean, I they won't eat any, anything though. It's, it's it does so seem weird universal. What they, what they decide to eat. I but I feel like there's like a split in society. You're either a picker and a flicker, or you're a picker and devourer as a child like i'm just so i'm so confused when mason will just just without thinking pick up a bug and put it into his mouth (laughs) or hannah showed me a or there's like a a, we, we have a water table outside just like a fun little plastic water table sometimes the like water collects in there and it's been Several days, there's algae. There's tons of bugs in there. He just dunks his face in there to drink. Oh, my sister used to drink puddle water. But we can't get him to eat the crust of a pizza <laughs> or a French fry. Like, lots of kids don't like crust. But like, how can you? How can you not even want to try the crust of a pizza? He doesn't. He doesn't like the red sauce. So he th- what he likes is moisture. He doesn't like the dry. But like a bug is also pretty dry, even though I guess huh. it's juicy in the middle. I've <laughs> never had a June bug before, at least not that I can remember. But he sure has. <laughs> There's a Johanna showed me a picture, a video today of a like a young child and his dad, and they're like. The kid is eating, is like holding a little fish. And he's like, yo, he got a fish. And he's like, you want to show me the fish? And the kid just crunches onto the fish's head. Like you you hear him crunch this head. <laughs> it's like, and he, the dad is like, oh, no, no, no. And the kid's like, gets startled. He's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> that had to hurt because fish are full of tiny little needle bones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just the it's it's amazing to me the stuff that he will eat. I mean, he'll eat mulch, he'll eat chalk. Uh, he eats lots of chalk. Goodness, can't stop, can't stop the boy. Dick, Maybe he needs more dick. calcium. So yeah, and then and then we try to get him to eat. It's like hey, drink his milk. Like today, it was like plain noodles with garlic salt and cheese, and we fought him for it. <laughs> it's like. That's the the kid's dream, that that dish. Yeah, it is about, it's as plain as it gets. Maybe he doesn't like carbs. Maybe he's a protein guy. Oh, I wish. But the uh, he does he has not liked any meat. Well, he's like, Dad, the most efficient protein is insects. What are you doing? Let me eat the June bugs. Is that the most <laughs> efficient protein? I feel like the most efficient protein yeah. would be like a ribeye. No. Pound for pound, insects are... More efficient protein-wise. I mean, I have seen snow piercers, so I do know that. But if you eat six ounces of insects, you're going to want to never do do that again. (laughs) But you will have had a lot more protein than if you had six ounces of sirloin. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I I can't imagine it tastes good at all, but... Maybe he. You can you can eat a uh, mosquito burger. 
No. There's a place there. I forget where it is, but there's like so many mosquitoes that they like collect them uh, and smush them into patties. I'm going to have to look this up and I, <laughs> I, I don't want to. Mosquito burger. It's uh, in Africa. Mm-hmm. That's where they have a lot of mosquitoes. I mean, they have a lot of mosquitoes almost everywhere. That that doesn't look as disgusting as I thought it would. I'm sure it tastes bad. Five hundred thousand mosquitoes. Oh, they just collect them in bowl. They just go out. Oh my gosh, they're just walking out into like the bush and waving bowls in such a way to like collect them into the bowls. I wonder if there's something sticky in the bowls too that make them stick. There's a mosquito whopper. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't think it's made out of mosquitoes. Why are we talking about this, man? Look at those things. Oh. It looks like a um it's an Oreo cookie. It's just crumbled Oreo cookie. That's all it is. It's just uh it's just a Hydrox, right? Mm, I'll I'll that's a hard pass for me. I don't know, man. I can't imagine that that. I'd like to I if somebody told me like you don't understand if you put it if you dress it up and if you put the right marinade on it, it tastes great. If somebody told me that, I'd be like, "Okay, I'll try it." But it, I imagine it tastes terrible. I don't think there's a, there's a way for me to possibly get past the, just overcome the mental hurdle it would take. But I've eaten it. Have you eaten crickets? No. I have. You eat a cricket. The problem with a cricket is the like, the wings and the like exoskeleton parts that like don't crunch. Uh, so it's like a popcorn kernel, but you know, it's an insect's wing. That's not fun. Yeah, it's. I it could taste but great. The flavor is not that bad. And you usually have to put like salt or something on them, but I can't tell you how much I would rather put salt on something else. Like a peanut. Yeah, like a peanut or a chip or a French fry, and still get like a like a good crunch going, um, and then not have to even have the idea of a cricket being in my mouth cross my mind. That sounds that sounds uh, preferable to me. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm sure I could take a mosquito burger and dunk it in enough Chick-fil-A sauce to make it palatable. But man, would it be better to dunk some Chick-fil-A in some Chick-fil-A sauce. I just like the idea of destroying 50,000, 500,000 mosquitoes. And then, and then the hunter becomes the hunted. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they pl they give all these Africans malaria. And guess what? Now you're a burger. You're one five hundred thousandth of a burger. So here's my question. <laughs> How does it still not transfer malaria? Also, they, also. They grill it. There's a good chance that's, that many of those mosquitoes are females. And females are the ones that suck the blood. And they have recently fed 
off of you or the person next to you or someone around you. Mm-hmm. So malaria or any other blood or sexually transmitted disease that a mos- mosquito could tr- transfer is now just delightfully baked into your, your burger patty. Well, uh, this is I like making a patty ma- out of rats. Like malaria no. is a bacteria and I think you can cook. Maybe you can just kill it with cooking. Okay. What about AIDS? I don't know. I don't know if you can eat a mosquito, a cooked mosquito and still have a transfer or something like AIDS. It's a virus. Yes. There's a, but you also, and there's also the extra mental hurdle of blood, like other people's blood. True. E. coli is a, is a uh, bacteria and I think it's resistance to cooking. Yeah, man, this is, there's this, there's so many red flags. This just screams no, not e. a good idea. Can be killed by cooking food properly. Well, well, guess what? I don't have one on me right now, so we don't have to do it. We don't have to do it right now. Maybe in the future, in the apocalypse, we'll have to eat more, think, consider mosquito burgers. But uh, right now, we can just have a chicken nugget. Or a regular burger. But you know who would love a mosquito burger is an I.I. They might. Although I don't think, I don't know. They might not. I'm sure they would love mosquitoes if they... If They're more into the grubs. They like it juicy. They like it slimy and satisfying. But that's because a mosquito doesn't doesn't really even make a mouthful and they're and they're not they're not equipped to catch them like a bat is so you know if i'm sure if you handed them a clump of mosquitoes they'd be like oh finally i get to try this thing everybody's been talking about (laughs) they just opened up a place down the street it's a gusher oh but it, there's no, there's no, it's G U S H R. Like they're like it's it's just it's, it's like uh those modern Tumblr. Yeah, like oh, it's like Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's um. I'll, I mean, let's think about things that are uh, true and honorable and just and lovely and pure and commendable. <laughs> <laughs> instead of this um do you have anything else that's all i got all right that was the i i <laughs> so for you out there in podcastia keep your eyes disturbingly wide open give your food the finger and scrounge around in your orifices like the i i here in life death and taxonomy Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging.
Death and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> With eyes wide open. With eyes wide open.